everyone. Good evening and welcome to Mental Health TV. We're really pleased to see you with us tonight. We're going to be talking to the fantastic, controversial and generally wonderful Tony Dean, who is going to be talking to us about all things mental health law and AMP related. But before we go over for Tony to introduce himself, we'll just go to Vanessa so that you understand how you can join in and ask us lots of questions. Hello everyone. If you're watching this on Facebook Live, you will um you'll you'll know how to um how to join the conversation. I know we've got a few people who join us every week now, which is great. Um if you're watching them um, for the first time uh, on um on Facebook, then you can comment in the comments box and we'll um thank you. Oh, I want one of those. Yes, please. A coffee. <laughs> yeah. You could, yeah. So, um, yeah. So if you're joining on Facebook, um, you'll see that there's a comments box. If you ask any questions in there, we'll feed the questions in tonight's discussion. We'd love it if you did ask questions and comment as we go along. If you want to follow us on Twitter instead, you just find the MHTV hashtag and follow that. And again, you can ask questions there and I'll be keeping an eye on the Twitter feed as well. Thank you. And I'll hand over to Tony to introduce himself. Oh, I'm not. I'm not used to being called by my first name. I'm my surname, and such a such a lovely introduction from an RMN. <laughs> so, uh, my, my my name is Tony. I really am an amp. I'm a real live amp. <laughs> there aren't many of us around, it seems, mm. and lots of people have no idea what an amp is or Nikki. What the P stands for? <laughs> you know, I know, don't you, Nikki? I do know now. <laughs> I can't believe okay. I did it before. I'm so embarrassed. Oh. Tell us, tell us then, Tony. Uh, AMP stands for Approved Mental Health Professional, not practitioner, not prat, not the, <laughs> not some of the other things that people will 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 will, will, will call will call us. So most people have no idea what an AMP is or does, and that is probably a good thing, because no one rings me when everything is okay. Mm. So, what, what 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 do you want to know? Do you want to know about me, or do you want to know about the job, or do you want to know us a little about bit about yourself, and then we'll go on to have a talk about the role? I think. Well, when I when I I'm a social worker mm-hmm. by background. I'm a mental health social worker. Most amps are by background. Ninety five percent or ninety six percent of amps, depending on who you believe, are social workers by background. Although I know we're going to talk about the uh, Mental Health Act review and the proposed white paper. In 2007, when the Mental Health Act was uh, amended, mm. the 83 Act, the uh, non-social workers, the, the, the approved mental health professional thing came about because non-social workers were allowed to become approved, approved mental health professionals. Mm. None of them chose, not very many of them chose to do it which is always an interesting conversation. So to be an AMP, you have to be a RMN, learning disability nurse, I think. You can be a a psychologist or an occupational therapist. So to my knowledge, and I hope Keir's watching, there are three OTs, allegedly two psychologists, and probably 30 or 40 RMNs who've decided Mm -hmm. to become AMPs. Mm. Wow. Question is always why are the numbers so so low? Mm. Yeah. Mm. Okay, so we can come to that. So, what is it exactly an AMP does? Tell us. Tell AMP's us. Co- so okay, so AMP's coordinate mental health act assessments. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I trained as a social worker, and then I, I had hair. I was slimmer. I was much better looking. So my mother says anyway. And uh, I trained as a social worker and then you get a bit of experience and you're allowed to become a senior social worker and then you get a little bit bit more experience and they sent you off to do what was called the approved social worker course. When I did it, it was six weeks of taught in-house and 30 days of placement. To become an AMP now, you go off to university depending on the length of the course, if it's part-time, full-time, it's anything between 12 months and 18 months, and it's at least a postgraduate diploma. So I always tell people that amps are smarter than we look. 
Okay, so most amps will have now a level seven qualification yeah. from a university, and it's a combination of, you know, learning, theory, stuff, and the most important thing is a practice placement, mm. where you get the practice being an amp. Imagine practicing being an amp. Imagine what that looks like. Yeah. So, mm. amps coordinate mental health act assessments. So, uh, what happens is, someone someone rings us. Someone rings us and says, well, you use your name, Nikki. Well, we will say, Nikki's not very well. Can you yeah. come and assess her and make a decision about whether she needs to be in a hospital or not? Mm-hmm. And that's where the, the word section comes from, isn't it? Everyone says, everyone know, everyone thinks they have an idea or a notion of what sectioned is. And people think of section two and section three. But sectioned isn't a legal thing. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean anything. Mm-hmm. What, what AMPs are assessing you for is to be detained under the Act. If an AMP makes an application to detain you under the Mental Health Act, then you're detained, not sectioned. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I think when when I have this conversation with people, I always start off with the notion that, you know, most people have no idea what an AMP is. Most people have no idea what an AMP does. And no, most people have never read the Mental Health Act, or dare I mention it, the Mental Health Act Code of Practice. Yeah. So mm. how many sections are in the Mental Health Act, Nikki? I know the answer. 180-something. It's tons oh, of them. That's not bad. 147. Mm. The... Section 147 is my favorite section. It's called the silly section. It's literally called the silly section. S-C-I-L-L-Y. <laughs> silly is where I go on my holidays. So silly basically means, the silly section means you can use the Mental Health Act on silly. Mm-hmm. Okay. So amps will be asked to assess people in all sorts of places. Mm. In your house, in a police station, mm. if you're already an inpatient, in emergency department, I spent, my favorite job is when I worked in the homeless mental health team. I've assessed people on the street corner. Mm. That is interesting, difficult. And I don't I don't think most people know what that looks like. The, the, a colleague of mine has done a, a paper, very smart colleague of mine, professor or doctor, I can't remember which one, Lisa Morris. It's, it's a paper, but it's called Dirty Work. Mm. But amps doing dirty work, you know, doing on to others. It's other work done to others over in the street corner or over mm-hmm. over there somewhere. Because mm-hmm. I, I think most people, when they ring us, sort of go, they want somebody to do something. Mm-hmm. Of course, they don't want it to do them. They don't want to do it themselves. Yeah. So basically, amps have the legal authority and power to detain you under the Mental Health Act. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a big chunk of power. I, I always talk about we, we have lots of we have lots of duties, we have lots of yeah. authority, mm-hmm. but actually in re, in reality doing this thing, I'm not sure we have the power people think we have. Mm. If I come to your house and I assess you with the two doctors and we yeah. make the decision to detain you, and I fill in a pink form because that's the legal bit. There, it's a legal bit. There's form filling involved. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can only fill in the pink form by the way if the NHS tells me where the bed is. Mm. And, the, and if there's no bed, they can guess see there being a problem. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it, it becomes this issue about uh, you know, talk. You, you, I mean, seriously, you, you. It's it's an interesting, difficult, challenging, sometimes ridiculously funny, uh, mm. ridiculously difficult job. Mm. But you imagine being in someone's house and doing that, organizing it. And mm. doing that bit of having the conversation, and you have to tell the person, by the way. Yeah, yeah. You know, so Nikki, mm. uh, thanks for talking to me. We're mm. going to detain you on the Mental Health Act, but there mm. isn't a bed, so mm. we're going to leave now. And um, mm. when we come back, if we come back, there'll be a bed. Can you let us back in again, please? Mm. Uh, and uh, could you uh, then come with us? And then when we come back, we go, Nikki, mm. the bed's 150 miles away. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Already, I'm not keen. <laughs> well, you weren't keen to start with. I'm less keen. You're less yeah. keen, now. Real issues, so, aren't you? Yeah. So, I mean, when I talk when I talk to people about this sort of stuff, you end up saying, like, what, what should be the difficult bit? The assessment, the mm. building the relationship with you, the mm. talking to you, the finding out what's yeah. what's going on in the background. You know, that that that, that becomes a sort of easy bit. Because most people will talk to you. Most people are decent and reasonable, even when distressed, unwell, yeah. and will avoid that conversation about whether mental illness or mental disorder is a real thing or not. Mm. You know, you, the, the difficult thing is all the practical stuff. 
actually getting multi-agency partnership working to work, yeah. that, that that's where things begin to fall down. Yeah. Uh, it's it's I'm surprised we detain so many people because mm. it's actually quite difficult to organize and sort. Mm. Do you know? Do you have any idea how many assessments AMP do, AMPs do a year? Each or overall? Overall. I think you must do about um, 20 assessments a year per person. I don't know what that would work out over the course of your time, over the course of a year. How much is it? Tell me. Well, nobody knows. That's the truth. Okay. Well, that was a, that's a mean but, question. <laughs> but, but, but it's really important that nobody knows, okay? Because yeah. nobody, sent, nobody collects the information centrally. How weird is that? How weird is that? So we know yeah. how many people we know how many people are detained every year. Mm -hmm. How many people are detained every year, roughly? No idea. Well, we know how many detentions there are. There are about fifty thousand detentions. Now that's not fifty thousand people, okay? Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. some of those people will be detained multiple times. Yeah. yeah. So, and some of those people will be twos to threes. Mm -hmm. uh, so, but they reckon that someone the aid asked today. Big bosses, big cheeses did a did a snapshot survey in mm. 2017, and they reckoned that AMPs in England and Wales coordinated coordinated mm. 140,000 mental health act assessments a year. Mm. So 140,000 led to 50,000 detentions. Mm. So you know we are not detaining people. Yeah, more, we're not detaining people more often than we are. Mm. But that's a huge chunk of work to be getting through. Mm. Uh, and, and no one's actually centrally counting it. Mm. And what, there, was some, there was something else about, you know, 136. Six, one, How many 136s one, are there in a year? I I dread to think. I've had some you know, experiences. Do you know what 136 you know one, is? Yes. Go on then, tell me. <laughs> well, no, I think I do. And you've fulfilled me with Dow. Um, isn't it when you detain someone from you go, you, one three five is from the house and one three five is from, one three six is from the street? Is that right? Have I got it the right way around? Or my out? Sorry, I've practiced them the wrong way around. Yeah, you've got it the right way around. A one three five is a warrant. Mm. Okay, it's a warrant. There are two. There are two one three five warrants. A one three five one and a one three five two. The warrant allows a police officer in the company. One three one allows a police officer in the company of an amp and a, and a doctor to come to your house, knock the door. If you don't let open the door. They can use the special key. You know what the special key looks like? It looks like a boot, doesn't it? <laughs> looks, like, looks like a big red ram, actually. Yeah. <laughs> it depends what the police officers bring. Mm. You know, and, and it allows it allows the police officer to and, and, and the police officer, the amp, the doctor to enter your house to make an initial assessment and to remove you to a place of safety if necessary mm. to for the purpose mm. of assessment. It's mm. not a nice thing to do. No. Do you know many of the do you know many of them of them there are every year? Is there I don't think there's that many. Yeah, I don't think there's that many of those. I think there's way more uh, from the street. That's there's been guess. an increasing number. There's been an increasing number of them, but nobody knows. The only reason I know how many we do in my local authorities because we now have to pay for them. Oh, uh, as as a as a as part of austerity. Before two thousand and nine, these things were free, and then in two thousand and nine, the court the court service said uh, you have to pay seventy five quid for this now. So we each local authority will know how many they get. Because that's the thing. I think that's so worrying. That's my dog. Give him, like, we can bring him in for a cuddle if you want. That's no problem. Uh, we do um, love a dog. Amps um, so, um, so are approved and normally mm. employed by local authorities mm. because they're independent from, from the NHS. Mm. I, I, no, I make a joke. There'll be doctors mm. watching this maybe. Do, do, you know why, do you know why the rule exists? Tell me. The rule exists to bring a social perspective to the detention of people, okay? Yeah. And basically throughout history, doctors and psychiatry could not be trusted. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So no so, one can so, be trusted with that kind of power by themselves. I don't think any profession would acquit themselves well. So uh, allegedly like me to defend a psychiatrist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm. You know, some of my friends are psychiatrists. Mm. They love me dearly. I can imagine they must. <laughs> oh. So where, where where do we get to? 
Yeah, we got to the fact that no one's counting, which I find really interesting. If no one's counting and they're only counting when they're being billed, how do we know that we're not detaining some people more than others or unfairly? Or well, how are we well, keeping well, an eye on that? Well, well that, that's different, doesn't it? Maybe we're talking about the 135. The 135, mm. you know, it leads to an assessment. So if you're detained following a 135, that'll be captured. Mm. If you're not detained, that won't be that won't be captured. Right. 136, the number was, yes, there are about 30,000 136s yeah. every year. Uh we know this because the police keep a number, and again, it has to be reported to the CQC. Mm. But again, the outcome doesn't get recorded, doesn't have to be recorded unless you're detained. So 30,000 people a year are being picked up by the, it's the police power. Mm. They, they can use, only the police have the power, and they can use it in anywhere that's not your dwelling. And again, it's for the purpose of assessment, and mm. they take you to a place of safety. Hopefully, it's a health-based place of safety. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, it's not a police cell. It's illegal now to take children to police cells, but these things, pe- people used to be taken to police cells. Yeah. And lots of people don't realize is Section 136 an arrest, Nikki? No. Yes. No. Yes. That's so unfair. <laughs> it, it's an arrest. It's, it's, an, it's a preserved power of arrest. Mm. Uh, people don't think of it as an arrest, and it's not no. because it's a detention, but actually, yeah. legally, it could appear on your. What, what, what checks do we have to have? I, I'm, I'm old. DBS. I say CRB, but it's DBS, DBS. isn't it? Yeah. You know, it's the police discussion. It does. It is. It is technically an arrest. Uh, you know. So, uh, so one three six is ever increasing, and there are people that will tell you that you know, well, one three six is overused, underused, abused, and used appropriately. Mm. All of the above is true. Yeah. So I think that's possibly true. You know. So. So we've got we've got a bit of an idea then about what an AMP does. We've got some idea of what the procedure for sectioning is. Maybe it'd be a, a good idea to just nail down exactly what the procedure is. So, you know, you get a report that maybe I'm not very well. What happens next? What's the actual procedure well, for? We, 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 we get a referral. Now, mm-hmm. Normally our referrals would come from GP, normally crisis resolution home treatment teams. But, you know, some sort of, There'll be some sort of involvement with, with, with some sort of secondary service first. Uh, psychiatric liaison is a good example of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and if you're arrested and you're in a cell, there'll be lots of custody blocks now have liaison mm-hmm. services. So, you know, someone will make a referral to the AMP service for a mental health accessment because someone yeah. somewhere thinks you need to be in hospital. Mm-hmm. So... That's quite interesting in itself because people think because they've made the referral that the AMP has to appear. Okay. Mm. That's not what the law says. Mm. Section 13 of the, of, the, of the Mental Health Act says that the AMP has to consider the need for the Mental Health Act assessment. Consider mm. the need for it. That mm-hmm. doesn't mean has to do it. Uh, 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 and I think part of when I mean, we get the second, the second bit of the conversation about why numbers are up, mm. you know, we're, we're although we're not an emergency service, and some people would like amps to be an emergency service. Mm. We're not in Team Nine Nine Nine. You know, mm. I have I have to pay to park at hospitals. I don't have fl- blue flashing lights and stripy yeah. stripe go faster stripes down the side of my car. Some of my mm. colleagues don't actually drive. Mm. So, first thing is we consider it. Does this, on the information we've got, need doing? Mm. Uh, sometimes we say no. Mm. It doesn't need doing. Dear people who are ringing us and worried about Nikki, mm. go and try something else. Mm. Go and try harder because the f- the first line response to someone in crisis shouldn't be the threat of a mental health act or coercion or an amp. It might be appropriate. It might not be. But mm. you know, sometimes we say no. Mm. People on 136, we have to see. The legal, the legal duty is for people mm. have to be seen at least by a doctor and an amp. Yeah. That doesn't mean... You know, a full on mental health assessment. It generally mm. does, but it doesn't mean that. So, mm. first of all, we make the we'll make the you know decision. Do we need to do this? Mm. Now, of course, everyone that's ringing us, Nikki, thinks it's urgent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, I work in a I work in a team where the, the most mental health assessments requests we received in a day was thirty six. We don't have thirty six amps. No. The NHS doesn't have thirty six beds. No. So in order to do a mental health assessment, you need an AMP mm. and a, two doctors. Ideally, you would go with two doctors. 
Okay, but what tends to happen is the first doctor's already seen you, filled in a mm-hmm. medical recommendation, the pink mm-hmm. form. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we come and see you, we mm-hmm. knock your door, we say hello. Do you mm-hmm. have to let me in? No. No, no is the right answer, but <laughs> section 115 of the act says, says you do actually, you know, but it's mm-hmm. not enforceable. No. I have the right of I have the right of entry into your house. Yeah. Yeah. Except for a hospital under section one one five. But the technical answer is no, you don't really have to let me in. You don't have to acquiesce to the Mental Health Act assessment. Mm. Mm. So we rock up. I have to find a doctor, section 12 doctor, they're called. Mm. They're approved under section 12 of the Mental Health Act. Mm-hmm. Do you know these are volunteers, Nikki? Yeah, I was surprised. So the whole thing is 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 they're, they're, they're pretty well remunerated volunteers. Mm. They're paid for it. Mm. But I have to I have to find a volunteer. Uh, last year, I had to ring twenty six doctors one day to get a doctor wow. to come to get a doctor to come with me to do a mental health act assessment. And it wasn't a particularly tricky mental health act assessment. It wasn't. Mm. But you know, so you're ringing me. You're telling me it's urgent. I say I take the information off you. I say thanks very much. We're going to do it. How long will I find a doctor? Mm. There are various ways of finding ones. You know, you might have mm. your 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 own list of doctors. There's an app yeah. now that's available, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But the whole thing is predicated on the notion of you have to find a volunteer. Mm. So when I get the doctor, when I get myself, then I get the home treatment team, we go with you. Now, most mental health act assessments happen that way. Mm. Do you know, not everybody wants to see us. Not everybody who sees us is nice. Mm. Uh, you know, Mm. Some people are resistant to the notion. Some people are violently resistant to the notion. Yeah. So yeah. you know, they're, they're, you you may you have to you have to coordinate this group of people mm. to attend. Then you get there. That might take I don't know how many phone calls. You get there. If you can get in, normally you do. Do the mental health act assessment, and then make the decision to attend or not. If I'm in your house. How do I get you from, and we do detain you, how do we get you from the house to the hospital? Try an ambulance normally, isn't it? The ambulance, is, the ambulance service is contracted to do it. The issue is, I'm sure you've heard of priority of esteem. You've yeah. heard of priority of esteem, haven't you? I am familiar with the concepts, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's even the law about it. Yeah. So I ring the ambulance up and I say, I have detained Nikki here on the mm. uh, Mental Health Act. Could you send an ambulance to convey her, please? Thank you very much. Do you know what they say? Do you know what the first thing they say to me is? It's not an emergency. That's not the first thing they say to me. The the, the, the NHS Ambo Trust likes to look after their staff. They say, is the person likely to be dangerous and resistant? To which I say, no. They're likely to be unhappy. But the ambulances tend not to prioritise mental Mm. health calls as a priority. Mm. So you could wait, and I could wait for how long? Hours, hours and hours and hours. I've waited for hours and hours. Sometimes, sometimes they're very good and appear, but you know, they, they they're in charge of their response time. Yeah. Whether they think, whether they think it's, uh, mm. you know, so it it it's it, it's all about multi agency partnership working, working. Mm. Which is always, always a challenge. It's always it's, <laughs> it, it has not to be straightforward. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I've given the example of being in your house doing it. Mm. I mean, again, we do we do assessments in hospitals, in in in, in acute hospitals, in psychiatric mm. hospitals, in police yeah. stations. Uh, uh, I've been into a pub and asked somebody to step outside. Please, thank you very much. Yeah, it's a really interesting, interesting thing. Is it? when you actually look at it, it's a lot less well organised than you would think it would be. Absolutely. But considering it's an incredibly serious thing to detain someone, to take away their liberty, we don't yeah. really do it to anybody else in society, do we? There's, no. I think infectious diseases is the only thing you can compel people for if they haven't committed a crime, something like that. Uh, medical right capacity that? act, medical capacity uh, act, maybe. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's, no. an, it's a big deal to do it, particularly, I think, in a society that values its autonomy so highly and its ability to choose things. So you'd think that it would happen a little more smoothly than maybe it does currently. You, you would think it would be resourced better, wouldn't you? Oh, resourced, yeah. And this is this goes back to the, the initial start of this conversation about mm. I often consider ramps to be invisible, and I think mm. that invisibility uh, reflects the uh, 
the stigma and status around the people that we work with, mm. back to that mm. notion of dirty work. Mm. This is work that's done to others, by others, mm. over mm. there in the corner somewhere, mm. you know. Uh, 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 and despite what the act and the code say, I mean, the, the code mm. is very good. The Mental Health Act code is very good. It tells us how we should do these things, like conveying, mm. how yeah. we should do warrants, how we should do this. Mm-hmm. But most of this is is, is dependent on uh, mostly NHS commissioning right. uh, and how it organizes itself around how it's going to do this because mm. you know, it, it's about ambulances, it's about doctors, it's about it's about beds. The amps mm. are part of that. Obviously, the local authority has a part to play in that. The local authority mm. has to have enough amps. Mm. There are. It's fairly clear that there aren't enough amps to do the work that's that's going on. We're getting older, mm. fatter, and bolder together. Mm. You know, and that, that was part of the reason why, you know, the ASW rule was changed to allow others to mm. do it. Mm. It was recognized that there isn't mm. the the workforce to continue to do this stuff. Yeah. And, and, you know, for me, that's not been addressed in any mm. serious way. There's been a lot of, to be fair, there's been a lot, lot more sort of conversation about it, a lot more emphasis on it, a lot more chat about it mm. in various circles. But actually, nothing tangible in terms of, mm. you know, basically, I'm a local government civil servant. Mm. Within, with, in, in theory, an awful lot of authority, legal authority and power. I mean, I can come to your house, sign a piece of paper, and take you away. I mean, I, I can really do that. That's mm. quite shocking, isn't it? Mm. Uh, but you know, the, 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 this, this I, did, I often describe the system as dysfunctional, mm. and, and it's failing. You know, it's failing the people that we're supposed to be there to serve. It's also yeah. failing the you know the staff that are working within it because it's just mm. difficult to do. It's more difficult mm. to do than it should be. I often mm. talk about being left up the creek without a paddle or a boat. Yeah, you know. But one of the things I think that, that's, that the reason we want to talk to you is because we've had we've had just had changes to the mental health act. These these things are you know people have been discussing the problems that we're having, and I think maybe. There were people who thought that things might be getting a bit better and, and that a lot of these kind of difficulties in the system were being tidied up. I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about that in terms of, you know, what's what's been going on, what the changes are, and, and has it actually improved things? Well, the, the, the changes haven't been introduced yet. So we're, we're, mm-hmm. we're talking about the Wesleyan review that happened mm-hmm. in 2018 mm-hmm. and then the white paper that's come out this year. So obviously mm-hmm. the review was kicked into the long grass by the... COVID, mm. Brexit. Yeah. I quite like the Brexit debate. I'm from Northern Ireland. We could have a different conversation about that. Yeah. Uh, so the review, again, you, start, you, you sort of talk about the Mental Health Act. You know, the Mental Health Act that we have today mm. is basically, it's when people talk, the right language to use is the 1983 Act as amended by the 2000, 2007. Basically, the act we have Today is the 1959 Act that was amended mm. in 2000 and, or 1983, mm. 2007. And you can trace the, the the Mental Health Act itself all the way back to the sort of poor laws and lunacy yeah. acts. Yeah. And the Act, the language is yeah. archaic, it's sexist, mm. it's misogynistic, it's, yeah. it's all sorts of things. But I think people like me would generally tell you that the Mental Health Act itself isn't the problem. Mm. You know, the, the act isn't the problem. It's the, it's, 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 I'll tell you what the real problem is. The real problem is poverty, inequality, and shite yeah. housing. I always say yeah. shite housing. It, you know, the, if you wanted no. to take mental health seriously, you would yeah. treat it as a public, as a public health issue. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, 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 and deal with it that way. Mm. If, so, uh, you know, the, the act, yes, it needs amending, the language needs changing, and, and uh, you know, it, it, and, and, you know, undoubtedly, Wesleyan Review is a, a good thing. They took mm. a huge amount of so time. Sorry, about Simon, Simon Wesley? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Professor okay. Simon Wesley, former mm. big cheese of the Royal College of Psychiatry. Very well, very same. Uh, mm. You know, so you know, but the way the, the way it was done, it, it seemed to be seems seems to be sorry. There's stuff appearing on the screen that I can't really see from Vanessa. Sorry, it's distracting me. Don't worry, don't worry. Um, 
Don't worry about it. I'm making a note of the questions so I don't right. lose them. But I'll okay. come to them. No, it's, it's all right. It was just, it's just a time. The, 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 uh, we'll get to the review. So, I mean, I've got the review. I've pulled up a bit of the review in front of me. Yeah, do okay. tell us. Tell us. Yeah. So, it talks about the first thing is proposal to reform the Mental Health Act, new guiding principles. Mm. Okay. And, you know, no one's going to argue these aren't, these aren't good things. Yeah. Choice and autonomy, least restrictive options, therapeutic benefit, which is interesting. Mm. Uh, and the person as an individual. Now, did you know the Mental Health Act already has guiding principles? No. <laughs> they're in the, I they're in, they're the same. <laughs> they're, in, they're in the code of practice. They're much mm. the same. They're mm. not in law. That would be the right. difference. Okay. They're currently in the code, mm. and they're much the same. There's five. I can't remember off the top of my head. But, you know, this is bringing them into the law. Now, I always right. go back to the code of practice because should – the code of practice, we should only deviate it, deviate from it now for conjunct reasons, and we should record, record those reasons, but most people have never read it, so they don't know if they're deviated from it or, or not. Yeah. Yeah. So mm -hmm. no one's going to argue that these things aren't aren't a decent thing. I don't need saying out loud. They're going to be enshrined in law. Mm. But, but, but what do they actually mean? Mm. Mm. So the second bit is clear, stronger detention criteria. And this is starting to talk at the minute. Section one and section section one defines sort of mental disorder, uh, and that's the language it uses. Mm. Uh, and we only detain people because we think they need to be. You know, there's a, there's a risk to themselves or others, and you know the yeah. language goes on about stuff. Yeah. But th this is going to talk about people being a substantial likelihood uh, of harm, mm. and. If you detain them, it's going to be of a therapeutic benefit. What does that mean? Well, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because it's making the assumption that being detained to an inpatient unit is going to be therapeutically enhancing for somebody, and that's not necessarily the case. Well, I'm familiar, and I don't know if yeah. most people are familiar with the notion of iatrogenic Iatrogenic. That's it. Yeah. So iatrogenic is harm caused by the system that's supposed to be helping you basically so yeah, if you take medication and you put weight on or if you if you are compelled to be somewhere and then for example like the sexual safety stuff we did a little while ago you're actually not not safe there you're, you're hurt there whilst you're compelled to be there by law those things are really serious impacts of of the system that is trying to be supportive so yeah sorry tony yep. that's all right no Problem. absolutely i mean we're talking about stuff like restraint medication given on the restraint and just yeah. the, the, the chaos of a of a of, a, of an board <laughs> So, you know, There's is that going to... There's a problem there about austerity as well, isn't there? There's a Sorry, problem there about austerity. Because, um, well, it's a fine line um, in terms of somebody having to present as being a significant risk. And given that a lot of services have, have you know, pulled away and people don't have the services that they used to have, um, the potential for people to, um, you know, who could be supported informally but end up under mental health act tensions higher. And certainly, you know, working in prisons, you know, I, I know anecdotally that far more people who suffer from severe mental health difficulties are ending up in the prison system now because of austerity. And I think, you know, the, new, the changes in the mental health act place the issue with mental health professionals rather than the issue with this, you know, with the current system. Around, well, um, uh, yeah, but I'll go back to the answer I gave. Poverty, inequality, and shite housing, domestic violence, substance misuse, you know, all, all this stuff mm -hmm. contributes. I think I think we have to be careful, though, allowing the notion of, you know, uh, there's been a conflating of mental well-being uh, and, and, you know, mental, it's a very old, I'm going to use a very old-fashioned term because I'm very old now, serious mental illness, SMI, you know, yeah. most people that I'm sorry asked to see aren't in the first group of sort of, you know, I am type tough, moderately depressed, anxiety. You know, these things aren't nice, but, you know, you're not going to get to see the likes of me because of this. Uh, you know, so, you know, it, the, the, we're still talking about, you know, the the detention criteria I, I i think doctors and amps are just going to write different things on pink forms yeah you know i.e mm. we think you're a substantial risk to yourself or others 
Yeah. And we, we think yeah. there's a therapeutic benefit of yeah. you being detained to a psychiatric hospital. We know it's not brilliant, mm-hmm. but you know, that, 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 that's, I think in practice, that's what we'll do. I remember sitting behind the review, it was the concern about the over-representation of, yeah. of, 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 you know, black people, mm. you know, and other ethnic minorities. That, that That's sitting behind a lot of this work. So, you know, so that was the second thing. The next thing is, 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 is mm. tribunals, mm. you know, tough, uh, giving tribunals more of a, more of a role in giving patients who are yeah. detained uh, more of a right to sort of challenge the detention. Currently, if you're detained under the Act, mm. if you get detained by Section 2, that's a doctor, that's two doctors and an amp. A Section 3, again, a doctor and an amp. The first renewal of that is by your RC. And then every renewal subsequent to that is simply by your RC. So, you, you, you know, you can you can be detained on the say-so of a doctor. You have the right to appeal to a tribunal. Tribunals don't discharge that many people. Hospital yeah. managers meetings don't yeah. discharge that many people. Yeah. So you know, there's a there's there's a toughening up of that. You get you get more rights to tribunals mm. uh, and more help with the tribunal. Yeah. Uh, no one's going to argue that that, that shouldn't be ha- happening. Stuff about CTOs in the tribunals. Mm. You know, the, the stuff about strengthening the patient's right to choose and refuse. That's talking mm. about uh, you know better ag- advocacy, mm. changing the nearest relative to a nominated person, them having yeah, having a, be a bigger and better role. Now I'll come back. Let me come back to the nominated person because that's really interesting mm. from an amp yeah. point of view. Yeah. I'm j- I'm just working my way through the the act. It's a long thing I have in front of me. Mm. Uh, where to get to? Still on the tribunals. Improving support to people who are detained. Again, that's about better advocacy. You know, mm-hmm. the stuff about about your prior sort of notion, again, it's still going to be overruled. The doctors mm-hmm. in general, based on their, their, their clinical experience and knowledge, can, mm-hmm. can step outside what they're supposed to do, can't they? Or what's, what's evident, nice evidence to, to treat mm-hmm. people, isn't it? You know, you see it all the time with with, with, with some mm. sorts of medic medication. So mm. you can write down, I'm not willing to take this. And I would, well, ECT is, a, is probably mm. the most controversial example. You mm. might write down that you never want the ECT. But if you're on a ward and the doctor decides, and the second doctor decides that you are catatonic and you need this treatment, mm. you, your advanced directive isn't legally binding. Yeah. If the doctor writes down that it's to save your life, mm, you're going yeah. to get the treatment. Mm. Well, that's not necessarily different from any other types of treatment, is it? In terms of how they would respond in a medical emergency. Depends who you ask, mm. and certainly it's grey area time. Yeah. If if it was in a if it was in physical healthcare, mm. they would probably have to go to the court of protection. Yeah. And the and, a, and, a, and the court would have to decide whether you do. Mm. There's a very famous case of a man with schizophrenia. Mm. He has he, he has gangrene in his leg. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the doctors say he's going to die if we don't cut his leg off. Mm-hmm. Okay, and they all trip off to the court of protection, and the, and the judge goes to talk to the man. And, it, and all the doctors have said he lacks the capacity to make the decision simply because mm-hmm. he's not. I mean, I'm paraphrasing, obviously, but mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the argument seems to be because he's got schizophrenia and he doesn't understand mm-hmm. the, the, the full the full situation that he's in. Somehow, mm-hmm. the doctors know best. Mm-hmm. The judge said. He's got the capacity to make the decision. Yeah. Fast forward a few months. Guess what happened? What happened? He still got his leg. Mm. You know, so you know, mm. it's it's back to the iatrogenic harm thing. No, we, mm. none of this is an exact science. Yeah. So number seven, the Mental Capacity Act, the, the Mental Health Act, the interface, the review hasn't really touched that stuff because mm. the 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 LPS Liberty Protection Safeguard stuff is coming in. Mm. Uh, you know, so the review sort of kicked that for, for me, it sort of kicked that into the long grass a wee bit. Mm. Uh, there's there's stuff about the criminal justice system, Vanessa, that you'll know about. Mm. I mean, currently, someone being transferred from prison to hospital is done under part three of the act. They're actually suggesting that AMPs, because we're useful, mm. somehow get involved in that process. Mm. They don't need AMPs to get involved in that process. Mm. Uh, because at the moment, 
a doctor has to write a report and the, the Ministry of Justice has to find you a bed. There's a reoccurring mm. theme in all this, the bed. Yeah. Yeah. And you get you get transferred. What, what we have seen uh, over the last 10, 15 years, uh, and linked to austerity probably again, is, is more of this gate, what we call asking us to assess people at the gate. Part two of that doesn't, doesn't uh, apply to sentenced or remand prisoners. Mm-hmm. So we've seen referrals from prisons saying, could you meet Mr. Bloggs at the gate because mm-hmm. we think he's unwell? Mm-hmm. That's a ridiculous position to be in. Yes, it is. <laughs> you know, people are asking amps, the sexy 12 doctors and, and, and mm-hmm. the crisis system to do something in hours that mm-hmm. they, can't, they can't do in days, weeks, months sometimes. Mm-hmm. Because the only reason they're asking us to do it Usually, I mean, sometimes there's a, there's a legitimate reason, but mm. usually it's because they haven't been able to get a bed. But the next bit is about uh, people with learning disabilities and autistic and autism. Yeah. Big bit, okay. Yeah, it's about that. I think it's it's in general it's careful what you wish for, okay. Undoubtedly, it's going to remo- remove. Uh, autism and learning disability as a mental disorder legally in terms of the act. But I mean, people aren't detained at the moment simply because they've all autism and learning disability. They're, they're detained because there's a caveat to that about mm. abnormally aggressive or irresponsible behavior. Mm. So generally what happens at the moment is amps get called to assess people because they're in crisis, usually around this lovely word of transitions. You know, Young people are transitioning mm. into adults, and their families yeah. can the families can no longer manage them, and yeah. the the doctors and the amp turn up and say, well, "We're going to you need help, and we're mm. going to help you, and mm. we're going to detain your loved one to a, an assessment and treatment unit, mm. for assessment. Mm-hmm. And they're going to get the help you need." Do you know what happens next? Tell me. They stay there. Mm. On average, they stay there for eight years. It seems. There are about 3,000 people detained mm. uh, in assessment and treatment units. Most of them probably don't need to be there. They may have needed to be there initially, mm. but actually, you know, the, the, the arrangements around discharging people. So mm. the Mental Health Act is going to, the, the suggestion is that people can no longer be detained on Section 3. Mm. They can only be detained on Section 2 in, in certain circumstances around risk, you know, to go back to the first stuff. Yeah. But there's a but in this. Mm-hmm. If you get detained under Section 3 or a Section 37 or other sections of the Mental Health Act, yeah. the forensic ones, what, what, what entitlement does it give you, Nikki? That you should have an advocate. No. Well, then. Section, have you heard of Section 117? Yeah. Yeah. So Section 117 is a legal entitlement to aftercare. It's free. Don't get me started. I was hoping that we'd see the end of CTOs. Which are, oh, well, no, it's not, it's not to do with CTOs. No, no, but what I mean is this idea about aftercare, about having people in the community, about people having the support that they need, and about how the interface between inpatients and outpatients is managed, or community work is managed. And for me, I I, I have some real, real issues yeah. with that. Uh, I have real issues with continuing healthcare yeah. assessments. So, yeah. but... You know, at the moment, in theory, if you're detained mm. under Section 3, you get what's mm. called Section 117 entitlements. Yeah. If if people with LD and autism are not to be detained under Section 3, uh, now, you know, 117 isn't what it all tracked up to be, et cetera, et cetera, yeah. and justified. but ultimately, it it entitles you to free aftercare. That it, that's, so you're saying that if they remove this, this power... Of detention, it then means that they're not going to get the support in the community, particularly well, with funding being so tight. People are only uh, going to do what they have to do, and if there's no legal requirement, then it could well be that those uh, populations are put at risk of not having the support that they need. I think there's a danger. I think there's a real danger of it. Uh, whether mm. it's a, an unforeseen consequences or, or or something that people are working on, I don't think people. I don't think people are are purposely doing it. I, no, I just no. think I think people want to detain less people. But actually, the way to detain less people is to have the better upstream stuff. You know, yeah. It's always it was a Desmond Tutu. It's always better to, to, to pull them up upstream rather than pull them up under the river downstream. Yeah, definitely. But, yeah. but but I think for me, it's a real a, a, a real sort of thing to be thinking about because you know if 
it's the, it's the same conversation about the MCA and the Mental Health Act. Which would you rather be detained under, Nikki? Which one would be rather detained under than which? The, the Mental Capacity Act in your best interests mm. or, or the Mental Health Act under Section 3. Which, 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 which detention would you prefer? Section 3. All day long. I have told my kids if it comes to it, and I have told my colleagues if it comes to it, please put me on Section 3 because that means yeah. they won't have to sell the house for me care because mm. the state will have to pay for it. Mm. And you have more, no, arguably you have more rights when you're detained under the Section yeah. 3. You know, yeah. under the Mental Health Act than you have under the MCA, arguably, mm. you know. Mm. So, you know, and then the, the the actual white paper goes on to talk about lots of other things, you know, about, about workforce and all sorts of stuff. Mm. I'd encourage people to, to read the stuff. Vanessa can probably throw it up in the chat, mm. you know, the, the link to it. They, they want feedback, the stuff about children, mm. the long-term plan, mm. the, you know, 16, 17 year olds. I mean, 16, 17 year olds fall into a, a, a ditch. <laughs> no man's land. It's been for a long time, hasn't it, that, we, that no, young no people's services finished before the older adult, well, the adult services kick in. And yeah. it's just at that time when people are at their most vulnerable, aren't they? Absolutely. You know, that, falling right down that, that yeah. hole. Can we come to Vanessa just briefly to see if there's anything that um, people are saying in the chat or anything that we want to pick up on? Because I can see that time's running away from us tonight. Yeah, I mean, we've covered a lot of things naturally as we go along, mm. so that's good. And um, we've got quite a lot of questions from Anne Simon, who's um, mm. an old colleague of mine, so hello, Anne. Um, she's um, just basically lots of positive comments, Tony, um, really, just saying um, good amps are the jewel in the crown. They can determine the future of people's lives and psychiatry experience. People who are powerless and vulnerable. Um, and then she said she wants to shake your hand and you should be leading and teaching. So there you go. Blushing. Thank you, Anne. <laughs> yeah, and then we've got um, a good one. What is there to disagree with the, within the pro proposed reform? So what wouldn't you agree mm. with? Uh, I, it's not, it's, it, there's, nothing, there's nothing I would probably disagree with it, it, it's about the emphasis of doing my concerns about how we do this stuff is not about the, the mental health act it's about the resources around how we implement it you know yeah. uh I, I would I, I often have this conversation you've probably seen Vanessa with psychiatry and critical psychiatry mm. you know do, do me out of a job mm -hmm. you know I think I have this conversation about, you know, we talk about 50,000 detentions in a country of 65 million people. Is that a big number? Mm. You know, but I think there's a there's a different conversation about are we over-reliant on the Mental Health Act and coercion mm. uh, to, 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 you know, to, to, life, to deal with life crisis and, nice. you know, you know, to deal with life crisis and to do whatever, you know, we, we I would prefer to get less phone calls. You know, yeah. there, 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 there is no, there's no age limit in the Mental Health Act. Mm. The eldest person I've been asked to assess is 103. Wow. Can you guess what the youngest was? 10. Uh, 10 was my guess. Seven. You know, that, that, oh, that, that that, that that that's kind of ridiculous to me, mm -hmm. uh, you know. And I, I think, you know, once people, I, I worry that once people are identified in a system, that somehow yeah. the system definitely doesn't doesn't let them go. Yeah, I uh, agree. But but but, yes. but there's a but, but there's a balance in that. I mean, there are people who are. Mm. I would love the system that I work in mm. to, to be one that people sought out help. You know, when you look at other medical specialties. Mm. You know, people are knocking the door and saying, let me in and forming wittingness. Mm, yeah. When you look at the most, mm. I mean, colleagues will tell me it's the nature of the illness, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, the people who are the most unwell, the most distressed, mm. are, are the people that don't want to be involved with us. Yeah. What's that about? You know, have, yeah. have we thought enough about that? You know, and that goes back to the sort of thing that at the very start when, when we talked about, you know, how it feels to be assessed. It's not a neutral thing. No. You know, the 136, most people don't know it's an arrest. It's not mm. a neutral thing. Mm. 
I'm, yeah. I'm not questioning the officers who use it. They're coming no, across no. people who are distressed. Mm. But, you know, sometimes when people make referrals to us and mm. I say, no, you know, we're not doing it, people, services take that badly. You know, mm. if something goes wrong, it'll be your fault for not doing it, as if the detention is going to be the solution. Mm. Well, sometimes doing nothing is the mm. solution. Yeah. Sometimes doing very little is the solution. But mm. we work we work in systems and services that are uh, for reasons that we can probably understand. If you ever stood in front of a coroner's court, mm. that, that 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 you know has to sometimes be seen to do something at least assess you. And then there's a pretense maybe that the assessment, you know, risk assessment and risk management are not exact sciences. No. You know, and there is a there isn't. I think the public are often led to believe that a risk assessment means that nothing bad can happen because it's been assessed as as not ever going to happen, and that's not what a risk assessment does. You know, there's nothing at the, there's no such thing as 100% safe, and I think it's very difficult for people when they're led to believe that everything is going to be fine when actually it's a really serious health, health issue. Uh, I, I'm not sure. Sorry, I'm not sure we always help because. No, mm. we have people telling people that they're experts. Yeah. You know, and there's all sorts of tools and tick boxes. You know, I don't think there are, I don't think there are any real experts. I mean, it's, it's, you know, the only people that are experts are experts in their own lives, aren't we? Yeah. But, you know, it's the nature of the job. I mean, someone was talking to me this afternoon. So mm. how, can, how can you do an assessment on someone in 40 minutes that you don't know? Mm. It's a reasonable question, but that's yeah. the nature of the job. I am asked to see people like me are asked to see people sometimes with limited information and with people who won't speak to you and with pace clocks and one, three, six clocks ticking and talking. Mm. And we're asked to make a decision. Mm. And if we make the wrong decision, we're blamed. Yeah. If we make the right decision, mm. what does that look like? Mm. What does it mean? Right for who? Mm. So, yeah. uh, I, I would like to work in a service that that, that that is, I think there's a danger in social media that it's all bad, you know. It's mm. not, you know, my job isn't all bad. It's very difficult mm. sometimes, but it's mm. not all bad. And I always mm. tell the story, do you know I've met Jesus Christ seven times? <laughs> Five of those times he's been naked, but I have met him seven times. <laughs> So it yeah. definitely seems to be a hazard of the profession. So we're going to have to sort of come to some sort of end now. But I guess one thing that would be really helpful that people have like tweeted about or asked about is what can mental health professionals like nurses, students, um, other other professionals do to help the kind of process of your work? What can they do to be helpful to AMPS? Stop making referrals. <laughs> <laughs> what about the nature of referrals? So if you have to have a referral, what should it be like for, for you to be involved but to be uh, in the threshold of your involvement. I mean, the, I mean, the, I mean, the, I mean, the serious answer is mm. to own it a bit. Yeah. If you want a, if you want an amp mm -hmm. to 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 do a mental health act assessment, mm -hmm. then own it. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I have worked over a long period of time where people talk about uh, it's going to come across as criticism of nurses, and it probably is. I don't want the room. No my, nurses here. You're fine. <laughs> I don't want to ruin my therapeutic relationship. You know, give it a go. That's, that's bully bullshit. No, well, we work with people on a continuum of when they're yeah, well and absolutely, and, and all sorts of things. No, let's be honest with people. If you're in secondary services yes. and being detained before, then you know the the, the 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 response from services is if you meet a if if you meet do certain things or meet a certain signature, then we're going to ask for a mental health assessment. Own yeah. it. Yeah. You know, and, and then you know. Who, whose job is to get the bed, Nikki? I, I've never ever seen a bed. I've only ever heard about them in stories, Tony. The, the, <laughs> the mythical bed. It's actually the doctor's job. Yeah. Legally, it's the doctor's job. It's mm. been it's been the, the power or the it's been delegated to bed managers. But actually, you know, if, if you're going to ask us to go and detain someone, you tell me someone needs to be in hospital and I mm. do the assessment. Well, yeah. have the have the hospital ready. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know so uh, so I think ring us less and actually mm -hmm. when you need us and when you have rung us, mm. help us do it properly. Have the docs yeah. lined up. Yeah. Uh, you know, and tell people. I mean, we get referrals yeah. from people haven't been told they're being referred to yeah. us. Yeah, I've seen that and it's appalling. 
absolutely know, appalling. Yeah, it, 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 that's what I mean, and that's what I mean by own it. You know, mm. tell people. Mm. Uh, and I, you know, I, I always say to people that you know, a mental health assessment. I think currently, AMPS and the Mental Health Act is used as a sort of course of threat. We're going mm. to detain you. We're going to get the AMP. Yeah. No, yeah. I prefer yeah. it was seen as a sort of an opportunity mm. to take mm. stock because that's what really happens. Remember, yeah. we go back to the original figure. We detain less people than we're asked to detain. So, mm. it, you know, it's an opportunity to take stock. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, so let's come to Vanessa now and then we'll come back around for some sort of finishing thoughts with you, Tony. And I honestly think we're going to have to come back to this on another day because we haven't talked about half the things that we promised we would. So um, I think this is, we'll consider this part one and <laughs> have to cycle back round again. But Vanessa, what, what what's uh, standing out for you that still needs to be talked about? I think, first of all, just to say that after um, the conversation tonight, I'll send out some links and stuff to some of the things that Tony's talked about in the conversation tonight because I've been following the thread um, mm -hmm. rather than sending links out. So I will do that. Mm -hmm. There's a comment as well about mental health in schools, but just to say, because I know we're running out of time, that we are going to do a specific MHTV in a few weeks' time, hopefully, on mental health in schools. So mm -hmm. we will do that one. And, um, and other than that, I think we've gone through most things and I, I feel like Nikki really that we probably mm. need more time to do this justice and yeah. it's been really interesting and I think hopefully people feel that they know a bit more about it we've got a great comment from a student for example who says as a student nurse I've been taking notes on how to be better in the future so um you know mm. I'm happy with that mm. really and yeah. um so we've had a lot of positive comments mm. I'll read out some of the negative ones <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Having they'll find you, Tony. Door. They'll find you. Don't worry about that. That's the beauty of social yeah. media. So is there anything, yeah. any thoughts that you wanted yeah. to leave us with, Tony? The, the big thing for me is always around legal literacy. Mm -hmm. you know, I, I think people that are doing this stuff should understand the law that we're using to do it. And I think my experience, not just my mm -hmm. experience, is that lots of people are doing this stuff who, who've never read the Mental Health Act, who've yeah. never read the Code yeah. of Practice. You know, I go on towards and I see it in the corner and I say, have you ever read it? No. Mm. Because somehow people get used to custom practice. Yeah, definitely. You know, so and I think, and I include people on the receiving end of this, you know, if you if you came to my house to assess me, you'd have a hard time. Because I know me rights. Yeah. You know, I, you know and I'm, I'm, an, I'm in a particular position because I mm. am an amp. Mm. But for, for me, I think better legal and, I, and the way I, the way I, why I bang on about better legal literacy is I think if there's better legal literacy, then people's human rights and people's yeah. rights in general would be better respected and they'd have a better time. I mean, you know, when people, there are people currently assessed in police stations requiring admission and they're there after, after the pace clock and the 136 clock is paced. What legal power has mm. been used to hold, hold them? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, not, none's the answer, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and people, people, people are just making things up sometimes as they go along, you know, because because somebody told them to do it. Mm. So I think that's the thing to 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 leave on then that the idea that you know there are things that we can do to be better at this, not least read damn paperwork. <laughs> Like, yeah, so absolutely. So what we'll do is we'll tweet out some some stuff, some guidance on the new act as well. And mine's done some really interesting stuff because I know that particularly I was thinking, thank you very much for the students who are looking in. It's not easy to sit down and start plowing through this stuff, but there are ways into it and there are discussions to be had around this. And I think yeah. this is something we'll definitely come back to. So if it's something that you're interested in, definitely, mm -hmm. definitely let us know the types and areas and questions that you have. And then we can get a panel together who can actually respond to you on that. Do you want to say something, Vanessa, before we finish? Yeah, no, I was just going to say we've also got Rethink hopefully coming on in um, a few weeks' time as well to mm. talk about some of the work they've been doing as well around the consultation. So we'll be coming back to it for that as well. So look out for that episode as well. Absolutely. And thank you, thank you, you so much, Tony. That's right. Oh, so yeah. It was legal literacy. Be nice to your arms. Sneaking <laughs> one in there under the wire. <laughs> <laughs> 
Vanessa, so, did you want to finish then? Did you want something to yeah, say before we go? Yeah, no, I mean, the thing for me that's just struck me that we haven't really talked about and just mm. to start, squeeze it in at the end is to say that, you know, no matter what the law says or the Mental mm. Health Act, it's also about your relationship with people, isn't it? And it's about compassion and, yeah. you know, having values because even if you have to detain somebody, still, mm. you know, making them aware of the rights and being compassionate with somebody can go mm. a long way to making the experience better so Mm. i think you know the legal framework is really important but we also have to hold on to sort of how we relate to people as well within that framework and be nice to your aunt vanessa (laughs) all right thank you ever so much and thank you so much tony that's really been helpful it's been really interesting to have those those ideas so thanks very much and thank you to everyone who joined in tonight as well good night good night